You're listening to the Healthy by Nature podcast. I'm Jordan Semina. And I'm Lexi Strew. Join us for conversations about all facets of health and wellness to nourish the mind, body, and soul. Dr. Lexi and I are so excited to welcome you, Caitlin. Um, So to start, do you want to give some information about who you are and how you got started? Absolutely. So I am um, a mom to three and I, by profession, I'm a teacher. So um, I'm an elementary teacher who is on hiatus raising my littles. Um, And I've been a yoga instructor in Calgary here for, let's see, I think since 2008. So it's been a while. I'm making myself seem really old, <laughs> but it's been a while. So, um, so I've done that for a long time and I've always been very interested in personal development, you know, and um, what I find fascinating is when I look at my own chart, I can understand the story of who I am and what I'm interested in. So for me, um, you know, I've got these aspects in my chart that point to this desire to go underneath the surface and understand the root. Um, so kind of like this piece around psychology, you know, um, the root of, of why we are um, how we are and helping us to understand ourselves and you know to really to ultimately become more empowered more authentic and more comfortable with who we are and how we're kind of designed so i've always had that interest i've always been interested in um you know learning and picking up all kinds of different pieces um in terms of modalities and just different things i've used with my kids more so and then actually with astrology interestingly i was going through um a hard time personally about let's see last winter um and I was homeschooling my kids and we were actually doing a space unit funnily enough I've always been interested in astrology I always followed it but I felt like it was too complex or just there was too many pieces to understand so we were doing the space unit the kids were so interested and I started to like look at the pieces and then yeah, it just kind of came together. I was more, I was looking more into the astrology as well. And I was like, oh, there's really something to this. It's not just, um, you know, making up stuff like, like the movement of the planets. It's just so vast. It's so fascinating. So um, with all of this coming together, I did a reading, an astrology reading with my um, therapist. She's actually an astrologer as well. And um, it helped me understand myself, helped me understand the hard time I was going through. And I decided to study. So I um, did my first courses with Deborah Silverman. Um, I learned about her on the Yoga Girl podcast years ago. And um, yeah, I've just kind of gone from there. Once I did the courses, I've been in continual learning, but just started doing readings with people. So it's been not super long that I've been doing this, about just over a year, but I absolutely love it. So cool. So before we even get into anything. Um, if anyone wants to follow along, do you have a favorite spot that you can pull up, they can pull up their birth chart or where do you recommend that people kind of find their own information? Yeah, there's two spots that are really easy to pull up your birth chart. The first one is www.astro.com and it's all free. Both of these are free. So you go in, um, I think you have to make an account, but it's free. Can you put in your birth information, your you know location, birth date, birth time, and it will come up for you. Um, the other place is you can just see a picture of your chart and then it will tell you what everything is. The other place that might even be slightly easier because it says um, ascendant, you know, that's your rising and it lays it all out is www.astro-charts.com. So those are two really easy ones to pull up your own chart. Okay, perfect. Yeah, I feel like it would be fun for some people to follow along with all your cool information. 
Um, but I feel like astrology and horoscopes and stuff are very kind of like cookie cutter. Like you read your horoscope in the newspaper and you, you think it's just this one thing, but I, I feel like there's a lot more depth to it. So from your perspective, what is astrology and how do you practice it? Yeah, that's such a good question. So um, first of all, when you look at your horoscope in the newspaper, um, it's, it's based on your sun sign. So that is one single part of your, of your chart mm-hmm. um, based on your birth date, right? And so it, it will tell you a bit about yourself, but there might be, depending on the whole of your chart, there might be other information that's the opposite of that, or um, there's so much more to who you are. So really you can look to your sun, your moon and your rising, and you, you need to know your birth time to find your rising. Can still do reading without it but it's best to have it um it's a lot more detailed and that will tell you um a lot more about who you are so i feel like horoscopes are kind of in the newspaper it's just like it's more fascinating or fun than anything but to get anything of real value um i feel like having either having a reading or following along with some of the tips so that you can pull up for yourself is just so much more helpful and yeah so for the purpose of astrology, you can think of it like a map, A of your energy and B of your life. Mm, Wow. Yeah, it is so interesting. So even if I like to think of it, think of how, um, you know, the gravitational pull of the moon creates the tides of the ocean. It literally moves the water. And so sometimes I feel like we think of astrology as this kind of abstract or even, um, I don't know, kind of, yeah, that's a good word. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Right. It's like, well, maybe I don't believe in that. I believe in, in, in what, what's material and what's what I see. That's fine. But if you think about, um, you know, how the, the moon pulls the ocean tides, moves the ocean, then it starts to become more even logical, um, and, and easy for our left brain to understand that there is more in terms of energetics and um, that we are connected to these larger cycles. So there's that. And I think it's both. It's like allowing our left brain to understand. And also, you know, astrology is ancient. Um, it used to be completely intertwined with the study of medicine, psychology, all of these kinds of things. Um, and so you, you get to decide if it resonates and if you want to believe it or not, you know, there's really that. So there's also this, does your right brain, you know, your intuition, your, does it feel resonant? And that's what I really love to focus on with readings too, is there's so many different ways we can interpret the pieces of the chart. And um, it's up to us to understand and to decide what feels resonant and to tune into our own center. Because I feel like sometimes when we go to, for, for people, at least for myself, for readings, um, we give our power away and they get to tell us who we are. And um, no, it's like, we get to listen. And that's why I love that there's this objective map and then there's just a story written here. And, you know, but then also when you understand it, you get to decide how it goes. It's kind of like, think about, think about, it's almost like understanding what the weather is going to be, or you get a weather forecast, you know, with the transits, if you will. And then you get to decide what you're going to wear. You get to decide where you're going to go. Um, or if you think about too, you know, when you're born, um, there's a certain amount of, of, of you that is already there, you know, your hair color, your height, your eye color, those are all there, but then you get to choose how you treat your body. You get to choose how you show up. You get to choose how you create yourself. So I feel like astrology gives us that um, map of our energy of who we are. And then it's definitely not deterministic. So 
um, I like understanding it and then you get to choose, you get to see the potentials and choose how, how it plays out in your life. Okay. So for me, um, when we talk about creativity, um, creativity can show up in different ways for so many people. So, you know, it's a big factor in who I am, but the way I apply it and the way I use it is very, very individual. Yes. So, yeah, I love that. Um, you mentioned that it's not limiting. Yes, exactly. Like, uh, yeah. Oh, it's so beautiful. Um, and Dr. Lexi and I are really, really interested in covering topics that help bring us back in touch with our innate power and inner wisdom and help us kind of remember who we are and reconnect to our highest selves and operate in a way that's like truly authentic. Um, so can you speak a little bit about to how we would use our chart to like reconnect with ourselves and operate in a way that's like truly authentic to us? Yes, I love that. Um, so I feel like the chart being a map of our energy, the chart being a map of, you know, the blueprint of our soul for this lifetime, if you will. So we come in and we have this um, picture and in my experience, often there are pieces that there's um, this conditioning that happens as we grow and as we um, develop. And for me, having my own chart read, it was really a feeling of um, who you are is okay. How you are is okay. You're here for a reason. And that sounds so simplistic, but actually understanding that and living that is incredibly empowering. And we, we give ourselves this permission slip to be who we are and to be what we're here for. And, and really all of us have our own unique soul path. And I don't think that is necessarily communicated to us throughout our lives as we grow. And so for me, this is really this piece around just like, I'm, I own who I am. You know, there's so many places in the chart where you can see this is where your soul wants to go for growth. These are some gifts you already have. Um, this is what you need for um, grounding and security. This is where you shine. And it's nothing surprising. So when you get your chart read, it's like, it's like a mirror mirroring back to you who you are. It's this picture, but it's this ability to really feel like we're seen. And for me, this permission to be like, oh, I don't need to try to pretend I'm anyone else. I don't need to try to be like anyone else. Cause I'm not, that's not for me. Actually. I have this, my own unique piece that if I'm in uh, expression and acceptance of that, that's where my power lies. Mm -hmm. So I really think there's so much astrology can give us around walking our path with confidence and acceptance of who we are. Mm -hmm. And no shame around that. You know, like what your soul wants is what it wants. Um, you don't need to make yourself smaller or fit into a specific box. And I find when I've done that in my life, when I've really tried to make myself fall smaller or fit into a specific box, it feels like I'm swimming upstream. There's a lot of resistance and it's like something inside me is screaming that that's not what I'm here to do. So when we chatted about my chart, I really, um, it gave me permission to say, this is who I am. I, I'm relearning who I am and I'm going to step into that and, and watch the magic happen. Yes. You've got lots going on right now. <laughs> but I love watching you going for it, shaking things up. Shaking amazing. Things up. That was so powerful. That, your explanation literally gave me goosebumps. <laughs> oh. Um, so yeah, I love this piece of empowering us and kind of showing us who we we're meant to be and giving us licensing but do you think the, the the primal triad the sun moon and rising are kind of a good place to start with that or can you explain a little bit about what those are 
100%. They're a great place to start. And, and it's like walking this fine line for me of um, getting to the depth of the potential that we can pull out of the chart and not overcomplicating it because I think that really um, turns a lot of people off of astrology. And it did for me for years was it just felt too inaccessible and complicated. The sun, moon and rising are a perfect place to start. So if you go to one of those websites I mentioned at the beginning, you know, astro.com, for example, put in your birth information, your sun, your moon, your rising. If you pull that up, you can um, pull out a lot of information about yourself. When I do written readings, I do these short written readings for people and I make a, a paragraph based on their sun, their moon, and their rising. It's just a really nice synopsis. So, so when you look at your sun sign, and I'll just, I'll just break those down, the sun, the moon, the rising. Okay, yeah. So when you look at your sun sign, like I mentioned, when you look at your horoscope in the newspaper, it's only based on your sun sign. Um, some of us, our sun sign is really strong. Maybe we have a lot of other planets in that sign. Um, for others of us, it might not be a very representative of who we are. That's why sometimes you might read your horoscope and be like, no, that doesn't really sound like me. <laughs> yeah. So the sun is the core of who we are, right? Um, it's our life force. It's how we shine. So it, it and some um, one of the most often question, um, common questions I get asked is like, what's my purpose? And I love that because that's what I'm interested in. So that's probably why I'm attracting those people. But, you know, there's more, there's more to it than just one piece in the chart. So we can look to all of these, the sun, the moon, the rising. Um, and other places, which we can always chat about another day. <laughs> but those are a great place to start for our um, purpose. They're all part of it. The sun is how we shine. Um, you can even just break it down further and look at like, what element is it in? You know, is it an air? Is it an earth? Is it in water? Is it in fire? Um, and each of those elements is gonna shine in a different way and want something different. You know, air is about communication. Earth is about um, stability, grounding, doing practical things. Um, water is about emotions and going into the, the depth of the emotional connection and, um, you know, intuition, creativity, and um, fire is about um, our passion. So yeah, the sun is, is how you shine, the core of who you are. Look at the house your sun is in if you want to go deeper. Okay. That will tell you the area of life that um, you shine. Okay, awesome. So that's the sun. Okay. And then the rising side is really important and you need your birth time. Um, if you don't have your birth time, there's a few ways you can get it. You can actually, I've had a lot of clients call the hospital, um, even if it's years, you know, even if it's like, okay, 40 years ago and they'll have a record often. Some people have it on their birth certificate. So it just depends where you were born. Um, the rising sign is how we see the world. It's what we want to be known for. It's kind of like, and so, so what I mean by that is for example, say if you walk into a room, it's almost like the filter that you're seeing things through. So, so say if you're a Virgo rising, Virgo is about details. So when you walk into a room, you're going to look, you're going to see that right away as maybe like what needs to be removed. Um, Virgo is about taking out the extra. So it's what we want to be known for. It's how people perceive us. Um, and in esoteric astrology, the rising is the soul because the it's that exact moment that you were born. It's the sign that was on the easternmost horizon point. So it's a very personal point. It changes every two and a half hours. So if I was going to read a horoscope, if that's what I wanted to do, I would read it from my rising sign more than my sun sign. I feel like that's more um, accurate. Wow. Okay. And um, it also tells us about our underlying core drive based on um, 
the element, you know, again, is it, is it air, is it communication? Is it fire, is it um, empowerment, inspiration? Is it water, is it emotion? Um, it's like how, how we are filtering and perceiving our life. What are we here for? Um, and then the moon is really important and especially when it comes to relationships, really big, especially when it comes to either relationship with your significant other or even friends and also especially with children. Um, with children, um, and I know you just did your yoga nidra training, Jordan, right? Yeah, yes. and one of the fascinating things I learned in yoga nidra was as we are developing up into the age of about five or six, um, our brainwave state is, is slower. Our normal brainwave state is, is closer to theta rather than um, beta, which is quicker, which is normal waking state. What's that? You're way more chill as a child. <laughs> yes, you are. Yeah, and like creative, right? And open. Mm -hmm. And so that's why in Yoga Nidra, um, we, and that's, and that's also where you access your subconscious mind. And so that's kind of why, why we take on our programming, if you will, up to, you know, the ages of five, six, seven. And then we kind of work throughout our lives to be like, what beliefs do I have that actually are not me? That are mine. Yeah. yeah. And that weren't, wow. Yeah. And so we're operating on that really intuitive, um, instinctual level. And so that's what the moon is, is our instinct. It's our basic, um, you know, and you can even, you could even say it, it resides in our subconscious. It's like, what makes us feel safe? What makes us feel grounded? Um, what's our, you know, even individual and unique brand of emotion, emotional intelligence? So the moon sign. Uh, Caitlin, this is so interesting. Um, I was having a conversation with my aunt and I, I asked her, what was I like as a little kid? Yeah. And she was explaining how I was. And it is a lot of what came up in my chart reading. That's okay, so how I just behaved very naturally. And then Leo now, moon? yes, Leo. Yeah. Like, she said, she said, she's like, I was very joyful, very big, um, very dramatic, but like a little leader. And I would go around telling people like what they should do for safety and things like that <laughs> as a little kid. Um, and I just think over the years, like after seven, I've just continually like made myself smaller and smaller and smaller. So when we look at my chart, it's like, I'm returning back to my true self, like who I was as a little kid. Yeah, so the moon's a really fun one to look for. Um, you know, especially I find with kids, it's like, what, what do they need for emotional um, safety and grounding and then relationship, right? And sometimes in relationship, just something really simple you could see if you're beginning and you're looking at your chart and you're like, okay, my moon's in Taurus, for example, um, and your partner's is opposite yours, when it's an opposition, your, your, your emotional needs are kind of opposite. It doesn't mean you're not compatible, and that's the thing with reading partner charts is there's no piece that is not compatible. It just means understanding that's really helpful mm -hmm. because then it's kind of like another way of looking at, um, you know, that book from a long time ago, like the five love languages, if you will, right? It's like, um, how did they experience emotional grounding and safety? What are their emotional needs? They're kind of the opposite of mine. So when I'm aware of that, I can, um, you know, see them for who they are and support them and love them for how they experience that, not just how I do, because potentially it could lead to conflict if you're not um, conscious, I guess. Yeah. I noticed that my um, moon, no, sorry, Wes's moon, Wes is a Pisces moon. Okay. And my Venus is in Pisces. 
Oh, beautiful. Yeah. That's so, a nice combination. Amazing. Because <laughs> Venus is about Venus. And then that's, you know, if you go deeper too, like looking to the, so the sun, moon, the rising, like you said, Lexi is a, a great place to start, a great mm -hmm. place to start. And then if you want to go a little bit deeper, you can look at the personal planets. You can look at Mercury is your, is your communication, um, how you think. Venus is, you know, really about relationships. It's what you value. It's where you bring value. So Venus, if you're looking at compatibility is a great one. And Venus moon is a beautiful, um, a beautiful conjunction for a relationship. Then Mars is kind of how we go after what we want. So those are kind of the ones you could look at. And then the North node is really interesting. And we'll talk about that as we get into like the eclipse chat um, okay. a little bit later. Mm -hmm. Cool. So there's so many interesting astrological events that are happening right now. Um, and I've just become aware of eclipse season. Mm -hmm. I think that's super powerful and it's coming up pretty quick. So do you want to talk a little bit about what that means for us, what we might experience, how we can work with it? Yes. So just to give an overview, first of all, of what an eclipse is. Um, so traditionally, so an eclipse essentially is when one of the luminaries, either the sun or the moon, the light from one of the luminaries is obscured um, temporarily, right? So it's about... Um, a solar eclipse is when the light of the sun is blocked by the moon, you know, and it's just for a short amount of time. And a lunar eclipse is when the light of the moon is blocked um, by the earth because the, the moon is reflecting the light of the sun, right? So the earth's just in the way in that moment. And eclipses happen about every five to six months. Um, and they come in pairs. So they'll be, they'll be um, kind of two back to back. And, um, you know, traditionally they were feared, right? Um, when people didn't understand what was happening and it was like, okay, the sun looks red or um, we can't see the sun or the moon, right? It, it makes sense. And nowadays we think of them as um, almost like, think of it. So for example, the solar eclipse is a new moon and new moons are always about new beginnings. Um, but it's, it's considered to be a faded event. And I don't say that in, um, a deterministic or scary way, but just that there is a piece around something bigger than ourselves coming in and supporting us individually and collectively towards our soul's path. Um, and then a lunar eclipse is a full moon and full moons are about, you know, completions, endings, um, letting go. And so it's just like a bigger, more powerful full moon and eclipses will impact us. Um, First of all, they'll bring up themes around the signs that they're in. So they're in signs and pairs um, for everyone. And then they will impact us more individually if we have planets very close to um, the eclipse degree. So that's not necessary information if you're just beginning and you're learning about eclipses. And for all of us, I'll talk about what the themes are for this um, Taurus-Scorpio pairing that we have going on right now. Um, yeah, so I find it's an interesting time. It can feel more heightened. It can feel more emotional. It can feel like there's a lot going on. So I find it's a really good time to just kind of sit back and observe and listen and take in um, information, signs, uh, because there's so, there'll be some shifting going on for all of us. And um, it's wise to tune in and tap in and see what is it that I'm A, letting go of and what is it that I'm being pulled towards more strongly. So it's a great time to be the witness. Yes. And not necessarily be, would you say, um, taking a lot of action during this time? Um, 
Yes, I feel like, so let's, do you want to just go into these eclipses and then I can talk a bit more about it? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Okay, so um, we have on April 30th, a solar eclipse in Taurus at 10 degrees of Taurus. Um, and so a solar eclipse is like that big new moon, that big new beginning. Um, and then the Scorpio-Taurus axis, they work together, they're in a polarity. Um, they're both very much attached to resources, um, to worth as well. And both of the signs are in the fixed modality, which gives them a quality of wanting to hold on, wanting to, wanting to hold on to what's already there and maybe a resistance to change. And eclipses are about change. And so an eclipse will either be a north node eclipse and the nodes of the moon are um, another place, you know, in the chart we can look, but just in general, the nodes, the north node and the south node speak to our collective destiny. So right now um, for the next 18 months, um, the north node is in Taurus. Okay. South and then is in Scorpio. And then in 18 months, they'll change nodes and be in different signs. Yeah. And they go backwards through the Zodiac. So after um, Taurus North node, it'll go to Aries North node and then Libra okay. South node. Yeah. And so um, Taurus is about values. It's about money. It's about self-worth. Um, so this is a time during the solar eclipse that they, there may be new opportunities, that new windows that are opening and new um, like potentially asking us to release conditioning around, around money, around our resources and open up a new chapter for ourselves that brings us some stability. And then, so since they work in pairs, we can look to the lunar eclipse, which is the next lunation. So that's May 16th in Scorpio. And this is the South node. So this is what we're letting go of. And it may be that there's something we need to clear out. There's something we need to let go of to even move into a new space when it comes to um, our abundance and, and, and claiming our worth. Um, so they kind of go together. And if you have planets, you know, your sun, your moon, your rising, especially. So Lexi, you will, because you just had your birthday. So your sun will be um, close to this new moon, okay. this new moon solar eclipse on the 30th. So if you have planets, you know, your birthday is around now, that would be your sun or um, your, your rising or your moon, um, you'll feel it more personally. So that's why I say it's important to listen and just observe what messages are coming in because it's, there's, you're being shifted towards something. And then it, when you can observe and notice what it is, it's like, okay, um, making those changes so that you can make more room in your life to move into this version of yourself that your soul is calling you towards. Very cool. So do totally you think the universe will give you like little whispers and if you don't listen, will it like <laughs> yeah. kick your butt? <laughs> exactly. That's, that's what I was getting at. Yeah. <laughs> In a very Libra way. It's like, just pay attention and like do the thing that's coming in um, and you don't have to, and you know, full moons are often emotional anyways, for their culminations, you know, the moon um, is related to our emotions. And so this is big, this is big, big, big for all of us. So it's like, yeah, you might feel more tired. You, and it, maybe it's, it may be a great time to rest and like listen and notice what's happening in your life. Um, mm -hmm. And listen to those whispers of your soul, like you're saying, are the whispers from the universe, Lexi, yeah. And you know, you might feel more emotional, but 
taking in what's coming to you because it can be a time of big shifts of big revelations you know Scorpio too clearing out Scorpio is about um power about secrets all those kinds of things about uh I don't know it can be about what's hidden that isn't supporting us so it can be things are revealed during this time um so just pay attention because it doesn't mean it's going to happen right on the date um there's different different astrologers talk about different timing um so it can be that we feel it from a month up to the eclipse and six months after so it's like setting the stage um some astrologers say like you know within a six week window something will come up something that needs to change and then you kind of have that six weeks to like make a shift it doesn't mean you need to do something right away and it's nothing to be scared of but it's like think of it as um whatever is being revealed to you whatever changes are coming in it's wise to pay attention to them and tune into yourself deeply um and potentially it could be an ending it could be a new beginning that um really changes the trajectory of what you thought was possible for yourself so it's an exciting time especially if you again like i said have um have planets near the eclipse or even like these eclipses will impact taurus and scorpio more right mm -hmm. um Jordan, you have your son at 12 degrees of Taurus. Yeah. Yeah, because your birthday's coming up, right? Yeah, me too. Okay, both of you girls have are, so are we're like right around it. Yes. Yeah. Both of you girls have this this new moon eclipse is really close to your son. Um, so it might be something that you do feel personally in terms of new beginnings, new opportunities. You know, this eclipse too is close to Uranus, which is the planet um, of awakening, surprises, disruptions, shocks, um, to move us towards freedom and awakening. Or, you know, because you're going through some Uranus transits on your son, right? Big stuff. Yes. And um, yeah, there is definitely going to be some big changes for me in the month of May. So okay, well, more on that later. But I'm excited. when you're saying letting go to create space for new things to come in, like I am so pumped and excited. And I feel like really leaning into this astrology and kind of exploring the transits with you, it's really helped me recognize that the changes that are happening for me are uncomfortable, but they're for my best good. Yeah. Like they're not there. There's nothing that's going to happen. That's going to be detrimental to me in the long term. You know, like it might feel sticky. It might feel uncomfortable right now, but, um, I just feel like a little butterfly. That's I'm just so becoming a butterfly. <laughs> yes, you are. Yes, you are. And it's so fun to watch you. It just, it, it excites me because, you know, and that's such a good way to look at it. Jordan is like, these transits like yeah they might be uncomfortable especially for our Taurus placements who are Taurus is like steady eddy so grounded so stable it's like you're asking me to change like what um <laughs> but um it's like they're all for our soul's growth they're all for our evolution they're all for our empowerment you know I'm going through this Pluto transit and anyone who has um you know degrees or, or planets around the the late um the late degrees of of the cardinal sign so um, in English, that means like Aries, Libra, um, Cancer, and Capricorn. Um, if you have your sun, you know, or your moon, you're rising, any personal planets between like, say, tw 26 and 30 degrees, or 29 degrees, I guess, you're going to be feeling it, holy moly, because Pluto is stationing um, tomorrow, and this is connected to the eclipse as well for all of us, at 28 degrees. It means it's... Um, slowing down to move retrograde and so whenever an outer planet does that it's things become highlighted and Pluto's about 
um, actually rules Scorpio in modern astrology. So it is connected to this eclipse um, season, A for that reason and B because it's happening right before the eclipse on April 30th in Taurus. Um, but it has to do with Pluto and Capricorn, the last few degrees has to do with revealing, Pluto's revealing what was under the surface. We talked about that with Scorpio, um, power and um, what's underneath. So some of like the darker, the shadow things. And in Capricorn, it's about the top down structures or, you know, like our governments, our institutions. And you, you talked at the beginning, Jordan, about like um, the last, you know, over the last few years, does it, has astrology shaped like what's going on? And yes, and Pluto has been a big part of this. Um, you know, Pluto and Saturn came together at the very beginning of 2020 in Capricorn. Um, Saturn's about our structures. Pluto's about transformation. But before you can transform, you have to be destroyed. Wow. And so it's revealing so much and it will continue with the nodes in Taurus and Scorpio until, until next summer. You know, I talked about this 18 month period. It'll continue to reveal this abuses of power um, and this kind of like just outdated systems, patriarchal systems that are no longer serving us. And I think that's part of what this eclipse is about because it's in Taurus and Taurus is about the earth. You know, we've got Uranus is in Taurus too. So it's shifting up, it's shaking, it's awakening, it's disrupting how we think about even our food systems, our money systems. And, and these eclipses too are about what we value. For some of us, it's going to be some big money stuff is coming up. And is it like, is it these false um, kind of pieces that we've leaned on that we feel like are important? Um, or is there something deeper when it comes to our value, you know, is it just how much money we have, how much status we have, or is there something deeper? And two, with Saturn and Aquarius now, it's about creating these collectives, creating community so that we can shift and become more empowered, right? Pluto and Capricorn um, around our food systems, around um, our money and around like what truly makes us happy. So that those could be some themes that come in as well with, with this eclipse season. It's like, what is it that you really value? Um, maybe some changes in your, in your financial, um, you know, place you're in. And though also clearing through conditioning that makes you feel like you don't deserve and that you, um, that, you that, that, that have had you in this limited mindset so that you can bring in abundance and um, yeah. So when I say me, individually that I've experienced some like sticky, uncomfortable change, but it's going to be for my best good. I feel like we're, when you explain that we're going through this in a, on a collective level as well. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of disruption. We're seeing a lot of things break down, but yeah. ultimately I believe that it's going to be for our best good. Yeah. The outcome. So don't fear. <laughs> That's really ride. powerful, Jordan. Everyone write that down. I agree with you. <laughs> ride it. Yeah. <laughs> So I have a little bit of a selfish question for you. Yesterday oh, was my birthday and I turned 28. So I've heard of these things called Saturn returns. Okay. Can you tell me a little bit about what entering that means? Yes, the Saturn return happens around the age of 29. It depends when Saturn went retrograde. It's not exactly for everyone. For you, Lexi, it will be a little bit later since your Saturn's in Pisces because Saturn, I believe, is moving into Pisces in 2024. I have to look. Is it 2023 or 2024? I have to look. Anyways, it's around there between 28 and 30. And um, Saturn is a planet of, you know, really of lessons. Of it's, it's considered to be a karmic placement as well. And Saturn's about, you know, what brings us down to earth. Um, this kind of need to be responsible and 
there's some learning for us around our Saturn placement. Um, it can show up as a restriction in that area or something about that is hard for us to access. Something about that sign. So for you, Lexi, your Saturn's in Pisces and Pisces is all about um, really like believing in magic. Mm. Um, you know, it's, it potentially could have to do with boundaries. So we'll, we'll, we'll chat about it. But essentially when our Saturn return comes around, it's a time when it's almost like you can picture, um, it's almost like the universe checking in with you and kind of knocking on your door and being like, where are you with, with who you said you'd be with what you said you'd do before you came here. And it kind of asks us to get our ducks in a row so that we can really be in our expression. Um, but it's also about, you know, becoming an adult, you know, around that age where, um, you know, more responsibilities are coming in potentially. It can be life's big changes come, come in around then. And then, yeah, it's helpful to know when we do our readings, we talk about what happened during your Saturn in transits um, so that we can pull out this story or this picture around these lessons for your soul because they'll come up in different ways. And it's nothing to be afraid of for some people, depending on how your Saturn looks in your birth chart, it can be a really fruitful time. You know, you can be recognized for your achievements. Um, for others, it can be a time where you're really asked. So for me, for example, my Saturn's in Scorpio. Um, I went through a lot during my Saturn return where I was forced to um, be in the Scorpio energy, which is about uh, dealing and experiencing the shadow emotions in life that I was very resistant to. I don't have very much water in my chart. So you can also interpret the chart. It's like water is our um, emotional expression. And for me, that was a foreign place. I didn't want to feel shame or, or grief and life just brought some situations that I was in it. Um, but as I kind of met that experience, um, it's like a lot more has opened up for me. So that's kind of how it works with Saturn is you listen, you do the Saturn work and um, it can be really a beautiful time, wow. usually afterward. <laughs> In hindsight, it's beautiful. <laughs> In hindsight, it's just lovely. But you know, now that I really follow astral, um, uh, current events or celebrity culture too closely, but of course I had to look at the Johnny Depp Amber Heard case. I don't know if you guys have, but Johnny Depp is going through his second Saturn return. So it's coming back. Yeah, and so in his birth chart, um, he's got this, um, his moon is poorly aspected. He's got these challenges, which also describe our relationship with our mother, right? Our nurturing and also our relationship with our mother. For him, it's his imprint of the woman in relationship, right? So, and so he found this other person who's an abuser is what it looks like, right? Mm -hmm. So that he could finally stand up for himself. He's got his Saturn in the seventh house of one-to-one -one relationships. So he could finally stand up for himself. So it's also Saturn's asking us to put some boundaries potentially into place. So, and the reason I'm sharing that is because it doesn't mean anything crazy is going to happen to you. Sometimes it's just asking you to step out in a way you haven't for him. That seems to be what's happening. Wow. And is, so people, if they kind of don't explore this the first time it comes around, I feel like it might come around bigger to help you deal with it the second totally. time. Yeah. And so you have your Saturn return between 20 and 30, and then you'll have your second Saturn return in your late fifties. Um, so yes. And you know, those returns are when we feel it most strongly, but really we have our Saturn transits approximately every seven years. So yeah, so um, actually when I was, when I started to 
um, study astrology when I was going through that hard time. I was going through a Saturn square and it was asking me to actually, there were some pieces or some relationships that just weren't re like resonant with where I needed to go that needed to, that needed to um, dissolve. And that was really painful, but um, it was partly, uh, partly I feel like that, but then it led me to studying astrology. So if that makes sense, because I, because my own reading was so powerful, I wouldn't have probably gone to someone if I, if everything had been just cruising along. So yeah, um, our squares and our oppositions, we can feel them to every seven years. So yes, and if you don't do your Saturn work, it's probably going to come back for you again, knock on your door a little bit harder next time, right? But if you do, then it doesn't have to be, doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be anything too drastic. So it just is it's different for each person. Well, everybody run and get a reading with Caitlin. Yeah. <laughs> so um, Caitlin, where can, where can our friends find you? Yes. Yeah, so right now, um, the best place to find me is on Instagram. Uh, that's where I share my astrology. And I've got a link on there that you can book a reading with me. Um, it is at underscore Caitlin underscore Montgomery underscore. <laughs> Thank you so much. I've got a million more questions, so we'll have to have you back. <laughs> I can't wait for our reading. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we'll be sure to follow up um, to look at the transits and how they might be impacting us in the future. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. Thank you, Caitlin. Thanks so much. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Be sure to connect with us online. Happy healing.